Hi, my name's Stefan, and today we're doing a, a pilot podcast for wonkyspanner.com based on gaming news. Uh, I'm here with two guests, Tim and Nick. Hello. Hello. Um, so I hope you enjoy the show, um, and we're mainly going to be talking about games we played and games we, we're looking forward to playing in the future. So Nick, what games have you been playing? Uh, recently, I've been playing uh, a lot of Dragon Ball Xenoverse. It's a new new Dragon Ball game that came out, and it's the first PC version to actually, well, obviously come to the PC. There's uh, been a lot of prior games, PS, uh, PS2, Xbox 360, and I think on PS3 they released a few as well. It was quite difficult them to mess the game up, so I think they get they still did a good job. Uh, I played a lot of it, a lot of it through the night as well. Got to about level 50 now. The game uh, suffered a lot from server issues. Uh, both me and Tim experienced these. Uh, him not so much, me a lot. I disconnected from the game a lot. I think they could have done better um, at not making you you know, disconnect if you play in a single player lobby. I think it was yeah, kind of yeah. stupid. You couldn't even use the multi-lobby uh, um, function, could you? Because no. the servers were that bad. Yeah, really? Which was I mean, kind I... of disappointing. I mean, I played it a little bit. Pretty not, dumb. Not as much. Yeah. They it... ripped the hub straight from, you know, the world hub, straight yeah. from the online game, didn't they? The, uh, yeah. MMO, was it? Yeah, 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 they did. So, um, like, they really couldn't mess that game up. I mean, the voice <laughs> acting wasn't necessarily as good as I'd hoped it to be. And the dialogue was kind of meh, but the character creation was pretty good. And the fact that you could, like, take your own, not create your own quotes, but, you know, choose from a voice setting, I think that was a cool uh, feature. I think the question is, like, what what can you expect from uh, American voice translation? Oh, no, I mean the the Japanese Japanese voice acting wasn't as good. Yeah, I had it on Japanese with English sub. It was, like, nowhere near as good as the original, man. Uh, yeah, and Goku sounds like a five-year-old. Yeah. Holy. <laughs> Do you reckon all the classes are balanced? I think Saiyan is the strongest. Mostly really? because... Well, yeah, because once they actually unlock Super Saiyan, they can uh, use all of their key abilities for free. Oh, and... what the... Yeah, so they they can just kind of keep using all of their key abilities. Holy, and it's, that's broken as hell. It's it's not fun to play against. Let's yeah. put it like that. Um, it looks like I picked the right one then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all the others have their own kind of thing. Uh, the the freezer race is the fastest, but it hits. Uh, it doesn't hit as hard. Uh, margin is really really beefy, uh, yeah, hard to kill. The tank. It's my class. Earthlings are the most balanced, and they have a transformation mode that I've not seen yet. Uh, really? But apparently it's really good. Yeah, it's something to do with, I think it's like full key mode, full, full earth. I can't remember. I can't remember the name of it, but there is a transformation for them, and it's apparently pretty good, so it's something. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of disappointed that the Freezer races uh, didn't get transformations like Freezer and like Cooler. I think that was quite disappointing. It's, mm. it's not a massive oh, deal. But I think uh, if they it included expected. it, I think if they included it, it would have been very good. Yeah. Um, other than that, the multiplayer, yeah, it's so-so. I think it's it's fun to play with your friends, but especially because of the server issues, it's had a lot of 
a lot of debilitating play. I, yeah, I, you, you, you could, can't you could, co-op story, can you? You can't co-op story. That's soul and crushing. I don't know whether I don't know whether that was bad planning, or they didn't have time to put it in, or or they just didn't want to put it in. But I feel like that it could have benefited a lot from that. Yeah, especially considering no the story. Like they they started the story saying, well, the the story is the exact same as uh, the Dragon Ball Z storyline. Okay. Essentially, it's it's just that you've kind of got to go in and stop it from changing. But nowhere does it say that time patrollers is what you're called. Um, can't work together. It doesn't. It doesn't say that oh. you can't work together. Yeah. Like so, I think you should have been able to do co-op, and that would have been much more interesting. I think. It, I think it would have extended the amount because you can play it and it's really enjoyable. But then you want to play with your. Fr- you want to play a game with your friends. You can play the parallel quests and you can like fight each other or you know but that kind of gets old pretty quick and there's only so many parallel quests i mean you can you know get top marks on them and try and do the bonus stuff but i think if it included co-op uh, campaign with your friends a lot more people would have played it more often um, yeah because it would have increased kind of yeah re- the playability, replayability yeah. yeah definitely are they actually planning on kind of updating it and keeping it going like a mmo or is it more like a, just a one kind I of release think product. There will definitely be more DLC. Yeah. Just because mm. of how games are created recently. Um, but I highly doubt that they'll intr- um, involve things like that without uh, added uh, payments and fees. Okay. When so I it's not going to be updated like a, an MMO kind of is? Yeah. Uh, not, no, no. Not, not like it won't be free. No, uh, maybe there not. will be a few free updates, but not content-wise, I don't think. No, if, if anything's free, it'll be server stability, but they really need to get that sorted. Yeah, that was quite poor. That they didn't. Yeah. I don't know, maybe the servers just weren't... I can't say they weren't expecting it, because that's, that's a really stupid excuse. You should yeah. expect the there worst. There was a lot of hype around that game. Yeah. Yeah, I bought it, actually, as well, in the end. <laughs> I mean, I've enjoyed it so far, but I haven't actually watched Dragon Ball Z. I've watched Dragon Ball, like, a long time ago. I was quite disappointed that none of those characters were in it. I could have oh, done without yeah. GT. Yeah, I could have done without GT, but, like, uh, original King Piccolo. That would have been interesting to have him in there. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I really wanted one of the mentors to be Popo. <laughs> like, I think that would have... I don't know. I I think they didn't want to make it gimmicky, but it's Dragon Ball's very gimmicky. You know, yeah. what I mean, like the whole franchise is gimmicky. So I really wish that they'd have introduced some Dragon Ball characters. I think it was kind of silly that none of the mentors. Like, I know you, you could have just extended upon the current ones, and I know you wanted to have like all the bad guys and all the good guys be your tutor, but none of the actual tutors from Dragon Ball Z yeah. was ever a mentor. So King Kai wasn't. Kami wasn't, Popo wasn't. You're like, come on, they, they actually taught. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that would have made it, like, a lot... You know, being trained by the people that, uh, you know, Goku was trained in the original one, I think that would have made it really cool. Even, like, um, the Crane School, you know, mm. that shooter? I, yeah. I'd have loved to have him. I think that would have been really cool. You know, like, make a Ten-type character or yeah. something like that. It would have... Made the uh, character customization, which which was already pretty good, even better. You know, you could be trained by whoever you wanted to be trained by. But a severe lack of Roshi as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I Wait, wish what did you? Roshi. 
I mean, what did you think of the graphics and stuff? Do you think? Because I mean, I've played games like um, uh, the Naruto. Was it Clash of Fate or something oh, yes. like that? Yeah, the Naruto yeah. game. Yeah. And they were very like very similar to the cartoon. Whether I'm not, I'm not sure about Dragon Ball. Whether it's as kind of it oh, Dragon Ball feels was an older. Uh, it's, it's quite a much older. Um, but the recent Dragon Ball um, animes that came out, uh, the animation is very similar. It's like same same. Uh, but I think the actual the uh, graphics of the game are beautiful. I think it looks amazing. Yeah, they did really well, especially with the uh, the key attacks and things like that. Oh, that, yeah, that was the actual super... animation of the skills and stuff like that looked super cool. And some of the character customization, you know, the tab styles and stuff yeah. like that, I actually I... got really involved into making my characters. So <laughs> I, I think, you know, it's pretty cool. It, the game looks nice, definitely. Cool, because I mean, I was, I, I was just interested in that because I haven't really watched Dragon Ball Z. So I don't really know what the, like the art style really is like. Yeah. So whereas when I played Naruto, I was like, "Wow, this is really similar, and it looks amazing." Yeah, it so. it, it does feel nice to think that you know, like you're playing in the anime. That yeah. Thing. That's why I think they like to keep the art styles and things the same. So it gives that feel. But what what do you think of the fighting fl- like fluidity? You know how fluidly the fights go. I think it's good. Um. I kind of dislike, uh, especially in the earlier levels and maybe to mid levels, is kind of whoever dodge dodges first with their uh, their blink oh, loses yeah. the fight. Oh that, really? Well, yeah, because if you because dodge first, they you've used, they'll have one extra dodge over yeah. you in the fight, and I find that's kind of annoying. That's yeah, I dislike that as a concept. Um, I, I suppose it can't really be avoided, and that's up to player choice. Um. It, it liked... could be made different, I think, though. I How think, else um... could you do it, though? Like, a certain amount of blinks per fight? Like, a, a um, stamina system? Well, there is a stamina system, that's what you no, use. No, yeah, but I mean for blinks, because you only oh, right, you a literally get tracker. one, don't you? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, the, the, a certain amount of damage done to the enemy gives you a blink or something like that. Or even damage taken, so it's like a defensive. I, like I think a damage taken one would be pretty good, yeah. Because I, I do agree that, like, when you ganged up, get ganged up on, especially in Storyline Quest, where it's, like, two or three people on you and you only have one blink, you resort to just blocking a lot after that. And yeah. I just don't, like, I I do... In, in the actual anime Dragon Ball, it was a lot of, you know, blinking everywhere really fast. Like, the animation wasn't actually invented back then, so it's a lot of freeze frames of people just, you know moving around it quickly yeah. and blinking around the screen. Uh, so I, I would have liked more blinks, I think. But then do you think... I mean, do you not think it would be like playing League of Legends, but having an infinite flash? Yeah, essentially. I mean, have I, you seen those maybe videos? Maybe not an infinite flash. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Because then the fights would get very stale. But I do think <laughs> more blinks than one would be. Well, it's not just one, it's just based completely on your stamina. Like, how much you actually have, and it takes two bars. If you have right. more, you can blink more. But that, that's what I'm saying. Early to mid-levels, whoever blinks first loses. Yeah. Or, or at least loses out on that particular fight, usually. Like, there there are occasions in which you could blink first and still win, but it's it's kind of off. Yeah. Um, If I had, like, we've... 
sung a lot of the game's praises. I think if I had two major complaints apart from the servers, is that one would be the mentors uh, being RNG. Like, you have to do a mission, come back, you look for your mentor. Oh, he's not there. I guess I have to do another mission or quit the game just so I can get the one I want. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. really stupid. I don't mind you placing them around the map. That's okay. You can put them all in one area. I don't care. Just just put them all on the map. Yeah. Somewhere. Definitely. Like, that's really stupid. Especially considering... I'm unlucky as hell, right? <laughs> I, I was trying to get Freezer. It took me at least 50 goes to get Freezer. Yeah. I kept wow. getting Piccolo. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Always in my face. Uh, being useless. The uh, oh my second complaint. Actually, now that I think about it, I have three. <laughs> now that I think about it, okay. So my second one is again with the RNG, the items. I think mm. the drop chance on a lot of items is too low, considering how annoying the um the things you actually have to do. So but if do you, you have not a special, think that, that like I know the... why they did it. It's yeah, for replayability to keep yeah, you playing. Uh, I get definitely. that. But as a player, it's fu it's really frustrating. <laughs> like you, you could do. I did the same mission. I, it was to get. Um, it was the Saiyan one for for uh, Vegeta. Anyway, you have to you have to get it. I think it's I'm the strongest on Earth. And yeah. I did that mission. I, oh, like, we were playing that together yeah. then. Yeah, I did. I did that mission thirty times outside of playing with you, and I still didn't get that damn soul. <laughs> like, I, I did get it eventually, but I, I dislike artificially lengthening the game i I, yeah. can, I understand that mmos have that kind of concept yes but as a player it's frustrating and my third one is artificial difficulty um i don't mind if the if they make the computers or the ai smarter so they block more they block your hits more they blink more uh, efficiently they don't just blink because they can uh they, they, they use their combos they, and all that nonsense. Like they, they get you at opportune times if you make a mistake. Mm -hmm. I dislike you giving them infinite key, infinite stamina, and a super shield so they can't actually be sta staggered without you taking millions of hits first. Like I, I understand there's a ways around that because you just kind of run away and keep throwing shit at them until they don't have the super shield anymore. But that kind of difficulty is stupid. There's one particular parallel quest in which you have to fight all the Saiyans, up to Goku and adult Gohan. And that's fine. I, I made my way there, and I got to it, and all they did was fire their Kamehamehas at me. Like, constantly. That's all they did. Co all the time. They didn't do anything else. <laughs> because they're all Super Saiyan, and they have Infinite Key. And they have it permanently. So, I died. Yeah, but it, to say. I think that is towards... The later levels, isn't it? Uh, it's not the hardest. Or yeah. not, not the it's supposed still a cheese hardest. Tactic, though, isn't it? Like, it's pretty cheap. They did that kind of thing with uh, RTS games, older RTS games like Command and Conquer. The AI didn't get smarter, as it were. They just got more stuff. Yeah. Like, they got more money, they built quicker, and they could build like anywhere they wanted if they felt like it. But they could do a lot of things. It, it's the same kind of principle. I understand that it's like late game. You're supposed to. It's, it's the late game. You know? Yeah, and Try if there are ways to work around things like the shield, I think 
in especially in fighting games like this where it's not it's not a combo like you don't have to be mechanically amazing to pull off the combos do you it's not like a tekken or anything you know uh super smash brothers brawl you know where you can learn all the intricate little details of the game so if the boss fights are you know (laughs) learn the strategy and then beat the boss type thing i don't think that's a terrible thing you would you wait till you get that level, Tim? <laughs> you tell me how many strategies you come up with. <laughs> Thank you. The Kamehameha thing, I agree with. Like they shouldn't just make the the characters more powerful without making them more intelligent. Uh, but I do think if there are strategies around things like shields and stuff, I think that's good. Okay. Um, I think we should move on to something else. So, Tim, what have you been playing? Um, I've been really enjoying Evolve at the minute. Okay, um, it was actually that is another that I haven't played that yet. Uh, it's a really, like, I was um, kind of cautious going into buying it, because uh-huh. um, the price tag, the fact that it was meant to, considered a <laughs> DLC hub type thing, you know. Uh, How much is it? Um, I think it's, it was £35, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah. £35, and you can buy all this DLC. And they're saying it's a AAA game, um, and you don't necessarily get a lot for your money. Um, You know, there's only a few maps, there's only a few monsters, there's only a few classes, and, you know, you can uh, get, you know, I think it's three characters per class, isn't it, Nick? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, you know, there's very little customization. and the, they were saying, essentially, you have to buy separate parts of the game um, as DLC. And you shouldn't have to do that for a £35 triple no, title. No, um, But what I've found is the DLC is things like skins. I think you can buy the characters without unlocking them. But you can unlock the characters anyway, just by playing um, so that class like... type. You, you actually can. Oh, you can't buy the characters? No. The, okay. There's a season pass, but it's oh season pass. It's, it's like for the next set. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, again, like that kind of thing. Really, like I used to love playing Battlefield, like the Battlefield franchise, up to Bad Company Two, was it? And then yeah. three, literally, it's like buy the new maps, and then all this rubbish about sort of buying. I mean, I think one of the things I hated in that game was that you had to buy. Uh, well, no, you could buy if you wanted to all the items or all the things for class and all that kind of stuff, which just seems to defeat the point of the game, really. Yeah. I, I don't understand why companies do that, because it's kind of quick, like, you know, you make a quick book and then people stop playing the game. Exactly. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, it's exactly the same in, say, a game like League of Legends, if someone pays for someone to boost their account, essentially yeah. they're not going to have any fun, because they, well, they're done with the game, I suppose, and they suck anyway if they play at that level. Yeah. But um, with Evolve, it's kind of like you can you can buy skins, you can you know make your monster look pretty if you want. But okay. I I really think they overhype the DLC part um, mm-hmm. because the actual game itself is super fun. It's you get a couple of friends on, or you know you get in Teamspeak, or they've got a voice chat in in the game, so okay. you can play with complete strangers in voice chat. And, you know, people flame you, they insult you, or, you know, you work together, or, you know, sometimes it's really, like, a covert mission, where it's like, we're gonna find the monster, like, 
we're gonna do this, guys, and stuff like that. So, you know, it gets rather competitive, and, like, you get slightly better at the game, you start dying to the monster in one hit, and, uh, you know, your tracker learns how to track properly, but then the monster's, like, playing really well, he's not leaving tracks, he's, you know, not eating their birds, so... And then it's all about not letting the monster get past stage one or two, um, because then the monster gets ridiculously strong, and it's much harder for the hunters, you know, um, to basically kill the monster before he destroys your power, really. I mean, I do like the concept. I think it's really cool. I mean, I think the only thing that kind of... I think the thing that freaks me out about it is just the microtransaction side. It just seems a lot... Yeah, you honestly <laughs> don't need the microtransactions to have fun. Like, I, I've never bought one thing on that game, and I, I enjoy it a lot. Okay. Um, I uh, refuse to play the monster, personally. I think that's not something in my skill set. I just play the <laughs> medic. But Nick is very good at the monster. Maybe he can yeah. t- tell you how to play. <laughs> or what you do is the monster. What you do is you run away a lot. <laughs> uh... If they find you, run away some more. Um, as as the monster, it's it's a lot of fun. It's 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 a lot different, like to, to, than to how you expect. If you're playing as like the one guy by yourself, you kind of expect to be this immediate powerhouse, and you kind of go out and kill the other four. Yeah. Whereas in this game, you kind of you don't do anything. Like it's it's possible, a, a very low chance, but it is possible for the for the stage one monster to win against the four of them. But the the enemy would have to be uh, disorganized. You would have to get quite fortunate in their positioning and how well you play. But it's very unlikely. As Tim was saying, a good monster doesn't obviously try and kill them at stage one. He runs away. He eats. He sneaks around. I think that's the best part. Is that when the especially when the hunters are close, like getting around the hunters while sneaking, <laughs> is probably one of the most satisfying things ever. Because yeah. you've completely duped them, they've gone right past you, and then they have Daisy, and then you get trapped anyway. But... <laughs> if, if the monster stays still, um, you essentially can't find the tracks, obviously, they're not moving. Um, and if you don't have the dog, Daisy, which obviously tracks by scent, um, you, you essentially get lost. Um, because unless you spot the monster visually, it's... It's very difficult to um, find them when they stay still. Obviously, they have to start moving to feed, otherwise they're just going to, you know, lose through time or, you know, not evolve, essentially. But, um, it's... it's I dislike playing the monster, but I, I can see it being a lot of fun while you're sneaking around, I think. It's, uh, it's exhilarating, yeah. It's quite heart-pounding, especially yeah. when, when everybody's so close to you. And when you're obviously not as strong as you maybe you think you should be, because you're like, oh, I'm level one, I actually probably couldn't kill these guys right now. Mm-hmm. At stage two, you've got a fighting chance. I think that's what you'd call even at stage yeah. two. That's when you have an even chance of killing, uh, either you killing them, or them killing you. It could go either way. What monster three, would you rather fight at stage two? Because there's three two. monsters, isn't there? You've got Goliath, Kraken, and the Wraith. I think at the moment... I don't know which I'd class as stronger. I think Kraken is probably the strongest. So at kind of all stages, I'd really rather not. Yeah, um, I think at Kraken at stage two, if it gets a couple of lightning blasts off on your medic, you can just like yeah destroy your team. I think that's the main issue. Like because Kraken is, 
he's not even weak. Like armor wise and health wise, he's he's a bit weaker than Goliath. But considering how much mobility he has over you and how much damage he can do from range, yeah, I think that's the main problem. He doesn't have to get close to the hunters. And a lot of times, the assaults become kind of useless, because they have, there's two, there's Hyde and there's um, Markov. Their main damaging weapons are very short range, and if the Kraken flies, you can't hit him. What about with Parnell? Either of those. Parnell, on the other hand, he's got his rocket launcher, and it does a little less damage than the shotgun, but it is viable because of okay. his super soldier ability. He can fire a load of rockets really quickly. But I think Kraken overall is the best. Wraith does the most damage, doesn't he? If he gets on them. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Wraith probably does the most, yeah. Uh, especially th- when he uses... What's that ability? Decoy um, and then Supernova. Yeah, Supernova. Yes. Holy... Yeah, Supernova's really good. Yeah. But it has but yeah, counterplay, which I like. Yeah. People don't haven't noticed, or maybe they just kind of forget and lose track whilst they're being mauled. <laughs> <laughs> But there is a sphere, and if you go out of it and the Wraith comes out of it, he loses his supernova. So, you know, run away from him more than you would usually. I think Wraith is probably the weakest stage too, though. You think? Yeah. Goliath, once Goliath gets all of his abilities, even if you don't take charge, I mean, it's not a big deal. But, like, level 3 flamethrower is really, really good. And the vast majority of Goliath players at stage 2 will have this. Yeah. And it's really good. (laughs) Like, it with, can with the armor, he's team. really tanky, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's the like, tankiest so far. Yeah. Um, there's a few game modes, isn't there? You've got the egg-cracking one. Nest. Um, nest. What does that involve? Because I heard eggs. everyone just plays one game <laughs> as, mode. As the hunters, you are to go around and kill all the eggs, or kill the monster. Okay. As the monster, you are to defend the eggs, or kill the humans. Or you can hatch... Monsters yes. or minions? You can hatch you can hatch one egg at a time, which will spawn a stage one Goliath that will immediately find and chase the hunters. He doesn't cool. follow you around. They are so, relatively hard to deal with as well. If they're by themselves they become a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, it's it's extremely unwise to release one and then not go with it. Oh okay. yeah. But th- that's the whole the monster's job in that is to kind of uh, act as a decoy from the eggs. So he'll go in and, like, you know, do a bit of damage, like, just take his shield off and then back off. Yeah. But all he's doing is wasting their time, because you have to kill the eggs in a certain time limit. So as long yeah. as the monster doesn't die, and he stops you from doing your job efficiently, uh, you time out and you lose. So I think the monster has a decent okay. chance in Nest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from what I heard, everyone's playing one mode, which is, is it the hunt mode? Yeah, it's hunt. Yeah. yeah. Hunts, um, well, you can play, the, There's it's a, a type of campaign, well. isn't it? Evacuation. Yes. Mm. In which you play all five, essentially. I actually really like that. As a concept, it's good. Yeah, yeah. It, it does kind of, because you can play versus AI, you can play versus people, it kind of makes a campaign where you, you can play versus a person. Or, you know, four of the people if you choose to play as the monster. And I feel like kind of adds a diversity. Because if you're just constantly hunting this monster, it can kind of get, not dull, but, you know, repetitive. Yeah. Um, so, because you have all these different, you know, th- there's essentially a lot 
of thought to go into it because if there's a different monster it's like an entirely different game you know you can play all these different classes if you have a different team the monster might choose different strategies so i I think the campaign does give it a lot of like replayability type thing because the games themselves don't last too long do they i mean how long would you say a game of evacuation takes like an hour yeah Yeah. somewhere around that so (coughs) you, you know you play an hour if that's enough, that's enough. Well, you can definitely play it again and have some fun. But I would definitely recommend that game if you have a couple, you know, um, yeah, a couple two or of three friends. more people to play it with. If you can play as a five, yeah. it's a lot more fun. Though. Okay. It, becomes, it becomes exceedingly fun when you have a lot, uh, when you have all friends. And I mean, and, and, and what kind of state is it in? Is it kind of a game that's going to be ongoingly changed, or is it actually just a kind of static release that will just have a Kind of it's DLC. Kind of... Um, they're planning on releasing a new champion, aren't they, Nick? Oh, new champion. Monster. monster. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're releasing a new monster. Uh, Behemoth, I think it's called. Which they... is... Go on. And are they likely to release more classes and that kind of thing? You know, yes. like Oh, so, well, so, so more, the biggest more change... More characters for classes. I don't think they'll release more classes. Oh, no, I I don't think they can release any more classes because they've already kind of set in stone the whole 4v1 thing. Yes, yeah. But But do the um, characters within a class have different abilities? Yeah, different weapons, different abilities. And different playstyles. I think that's that's probably the best way of putting it. You're not not playing... I think the best the best example in this actually is uh, Lazarus as a medic. I, I think he's the best medic, but that's mm-hmm. probably up for I debate. I disagree, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's up for debate. You see, yeah. it's a very different playstyle from Val, which is the first one, mm-hmm. the first medic. She gets a heal gun and she heals people, and uh, she's got a tranquilizer dart. But as, as a medic, I'd say that's kind of irrelevant. So she has her heal gun. That's her mm-hmm. main medic tool, and then she has a healing burst, which all medics as a class have. Lazarus wow. plays very differently. He has his healing burst, like all medics, but he can't heal uh, without that. He doesn't have a healing gun. He revives people from the dead. So oh, nice. The, the, the advantage to this is that you don't get a strike uh, mm-hmm. if he does it. A strike is where it removes uh, a portion of your health, and if you have three strikes, very similar to Left 4 Dead, you're dead. Okay. Um, but when if he revives you with this particular gun... Uh, which is close range, by the way. You can't just long range it. Mm-hmm. Um, then you don't get any of these strikes. If Val revives you, you do get strikes. So okay. it's two very different playstyles, but the same class. Mm. I think as, that's probably the best example. As Val, you kind of have to play for you, um, you know, because you're the one that can heal your team, and yeah. the monster's going to focus you, and you have to, you know, stay alive but stay healing constantly. So it's more getting yourself to a vantage point where the monster's not going to attack and you know heal. With Lazarus, he is um, he has the ability to go invisible, doesn't he? Nate? Yeah. So essentially, he he'll sneak around the battlefield um, and revive his teammates. Uh, so it's a complete it's a completely different playstyle. It's it's like. I think Lazarus isn't really a medic. I feel like he's a more supportive class, but that's obviously up for debate. So, I mean, essentially, the the biggest change in this game isn't necessarily new maps or that kind of thing. It's much more the dynamics of the gameplay, a lot like, say, League of Legends or another game. Well, it's essentially (coughs) like Left 4 Dead. You know, you could have... Mm. 
I, I have some ridiculous amount of time on Left 4 Dead 2 on PC. I've, you know, I think I have over 100 hours played where... Really? Yeah, I just played the, you know... Um, I played on Xbox 360 before that, so I, I should have, you know, hundreds of hours played on that game, but it, it, that was fun, because it was ever-changing, you know? The different monster could play entirely differently, you know, or a different zombie. Yeah. Um, and it's just those type of games that don't really get boring until you've played, you know, an obscene amount of time on them. Yeah. I think what you were saying about maps, though... Um... I think in this game in particular, maps is quite important. Okay. Um, if they release new maps, and there's a lot of room for it, especially in Evacuation, because on each map there is a certain um, side effect to winning or losing. Oh, um, right, okay. Let's say, uh, as an example, and this is probably one of the worst, uh, the, sorry, the worst things for the monster I've experienced, if you lose on this one particular map, and I could not, I cannot remember the name of it, but the humans get something called stink, which is, right. a, which, is, which is a gas, and it's released across the map, and it removes the monster's ability to smell. Oh, God. Okay. That is absolutely massive. Like, for a monster, if you can't smell, you can't see anything, like, without your eyes. You, you, it, the monster's main advantage is that it can find anything within a certain radius. Oh, I see, okay. And it now can no longer do that. It loses one of its major advantages. And how's that kind of visualized on the screen? Uh, like, the, the smoke, can you see through walls yeah. and that kind of thing, like a heat map? Yeah, like, it's essentially like infrared type. You just see... Well, it's, you, you, press, you press your sniff button, and then a, <laughs> like a, a ring comes out around you, and as it goes over things, it highlights them. Right, okay. And you no longer get that. So that's one example. And if they release effect, more maps, then you can have more effects. Hmm. And certain maps are better for certain monsters as well. I have found that. Like, open maps are really, really good for Kraken, because there's nothing in his way. He can just fly around, throw lightning at you. <laughs> so, I've also been playing some games recently, uh, one of which is The Forest, uh, which is a survival horror that you can get on Steam at the moment. So is that like um, H1Z1 or something? Uh, it's actually single player. You can play co-op. Oh, really? Like... Yeah. Um, but I mean, like the basic premise is you're in this forest and you've kind of crash landed in a plane, which sounds a lot like plenty of other games that yeah. come out actually. Um, and then you just start out in this forest, and and as soon as you get off the plane, like there's this weird, towering, strange tribal guy standing over you who steals this kid that you were sat next to, and then you're kind of out in the open with nothing to do. Well, you have stuff to do, but you're kind of like, what do I do? Yeah. Um, so, I guess the basic premise that I've kind of worked out from it, I've only played it for five hours, uh, is obviously, like, you can set up a camp, you can build, like, uh, kind of, like, camps, or you can build, like, cabins and find food and hunt and that kind of stuff, um, which is a lot of fun. But... I kind of find the game the game's very easy. Like you can literally just farm trees to build objects, and although these creatures come and get you, you can run away from them, and if quite easily. And if they do get you, you get sent to some cave somewhere, and then you're kind of like, "Why am I in the cave?" And then you kind of have a look around the cave, and you get out of the cave. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a very weird description, but that's kind of what it's been like so far. Um, 
Is it is it more about the building or is it more about the survival aspect? Because that's that literally sounds like a you know, type, like Minecraft in a survival type game. You know where you just have to build up if the actual aim of the game's not surviving. Well, I mean, I think the idea is surviving because I mean the building I've pretty much in five hours built nearly every kind of physical object okay. in the game. Um. And I kind of like, well, what do I do now? And surviving hadn't really seen much of a problem so far. So I'm Does it have a storyline? To... Anything? So far, no. I mean, I, I suppose the only storyline is you've crashed and you're trying to survive. And that's about it. I mean, I guess... I mean, I mean, it seems like the idea is you're meant to kind of rescue this kid. Um, I mean, I'll just double-check and see if the game's actually still in early access. I don't think it is. It's been out for quite a while, actually. It is. It is still in early access. Yeah, 11 quid. So, I mean, you know, I guess it is in testing. It's still kind of working stuff out. And, I th- you know, I mean, they are still adding stuff. Actually, it's only version 0.14, so... You're saying survival? So, are we talking, like, you need to drink, you need to eat? Yeah. You could get hypothermia from rain? Could you yep, get disease? All those things. Uh, I don't know if you can get disease. I'm not sure about that. But you can definitely get... You can become frozen through uh, coldness and the water... You can get infections for having blood on your hands. Oh, um, one of the other things as well, I think it's to kind of scare off these guys coming to get you at night time, but you can make effigies of um, of the guys chasing you. So if you kill one of them, you can cut like their body parts off and put them into like this effigy that you can then light, with, yeah. like made out of their heads and their legs, which is pretty weird. Um... It's a very strange game. Like, I mean, so far, it feels like there's a lot more to come in. Like, the basic premise upon it is really good, and it's probably a lot more fun co-op. I've only played it single-player. Um, but, I mean, so far, I kind of feel like I've hit the hit the ceiling with it. I don't, there doesn't seem to be much else for me to discover at this moment in time. There's there so many games like that that have been released um, at the moment. You know, like Daisy, H1, Daisy. Like, the amount of yeah. survival games. Rust. Rust. Like, there's mm. just so many, and I think that really running that idea dry. Like, well, I mean, I think what's sad is, I mean, I, I played Daisy when it first came out on Armor Two, and um, it was amazing when it first came out, and it was developing really fast on that engine as a mod. And it was really good at that time, and it was kind of very underground to start off with, so people didn't just run around killing everyone. Like, people were scared shitless at night time. They were like, shit, I don't want to die. And they wanted to make friends. Like, there was a lot more kind of people helping each other out, and then there's always that one guy who tries to kill everyone. But it wasn't literally just a FPS simulator, which it, it... A lot of these survival games that are multiplayer seem to just merge nowadays into this kind of we're just going to kill each other in a deathmatch. Yeah. They very quickly devolve into that kind of thing. Yeah. Especially I don't think it's stupid. You yeah. know, because of the loot crate drops, or the loot drops. Oh, yeah, yeah, which you, is have to, you have to pay, like, five bucks for a loot drop. You get there, and if someone already has a gun, they just <laughs> kill you and take your five bucks. Exactly. But <laughs> well, that's kind of good. It's like an anti-microtransactions kind of, like, concept. It's actually I know, quite... But... It just seems I don't know. All I these survival was, games don't entertain. I think that's me. the wrong way around it, though. Like, yeah. to me, if I 
I, that's probably like salt from just thinking about this. But like, if I paid five quid, I got my drop, and then some fool came in, shot me, and stole it. That that's essentially him just coming in and taking five quid off me. It's like yeah. coming into my house and just taking it off me. <laughs> it's but then, like you'd be very like, upset. Well, yeah, like... I've, I've just paid for someone else, like unintentionally. I think if that was like in-game money, I had to do X, Y, and Z objective, or get whatever currency. And then use that, fine. Yeah, take it off me because it's in game, right? It's not my money. I think. Yeah, but Nick, you know, for me, it fulfills the dream of being, you know, a Robin Hood figure in the like zombie world. Like, come on, that's that's what you want. Can you get a bow and arrow from the loot drop? You you can. You can, you can. get bow and arrows. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but from the drop. Yeah, I, almost certain you can. can you? Yeah, you get weapon drops. You get medic drops. The medic drops are so like. Ninety percent of drops are medic drops, and most of them are useless. Has um, everyone played so... this? I've, I've not played it. I've watched a ton of Patreon okay. streams. I've, I've, I've got it, and I've only played it for like I don't even know, like an hour, and kind of thought this is not that exciting. Yeah, I just think the whole genre of uh, survival games is running like the Don't Starve games. They looked fun. They looked genuinely intriguing because it's kind of like a, you know, a very atmospheric survival game where, you know, you have to do, find out these weird puzzles and stuff like that. It, it seemed very interesting. I played but, it. You played Don't Starve? Yeah. You want to get I Don't haven't. Starve together? Amazing. <laughs> but, um, the whole survival genre, I think, is just kind of running dry at the moment. I think when they, uh, when it was originally modded on armor, it was very innovative. And yeah. as Kinji said, whilst it was in its infancy, it was probably in its best state. Like, everyone was willing to work together. There wasn't the whole deathmatching thing. And it was as close as we have gotten to a proper zombie survival experience, I guess. Yeah. Um, but with... With Daisy eventually devolving into this ma- like large-scale FPS, I could just play armor for that. Yeah. But um, I think because of that, people like this genre, this this whole FPS over a large map thing, and then they go, H1Z1 mm. is the same thing, kind of different, few different things, we're just going to go over and do the same thing there. Like, yeah. And you're just moving your fan base around. And it's kind of, for want of a better word, infecting each scene. Yeah. So that it never it never gets to the stage that Daisy originally had. Like, there is no H1C1 infancy in which everybody works well, together. Well, I don't, I don't think it can be replicated, unfortunately, because it was such a yeah a new concept. That, and, and also, like, I mean, I think you have this with any game. I mean, I think League is a very good example of a game that, when it first came out, which I missed at the time, People didn't know like how to play the game. They didn't know anything about sort of yeah, map there's, control. There's no constructed meta to any new game, is there? So yeah. it's always you know everyone's learning, everyone's having a good time. So. And then what you know naturally happens is people basically theorycraft, and it's fine in a game like League because that's kind of why it's competitive. But in a game like DayZ, which is going to be much more based about atmosphere, emotion. When it becomes kind of statistical, well, not statistical in that case, but much more. Well, I guess it is because people know where loot drops are. They know where yeah. everything's going on, and they sort of micromanage everything. And it's more—you where... get shot in the back three times. The fourth time, you're going to shoot the other guy before he shoots you. Exactly. So it—it it just you kind of lose all the anticipation, you know, the cunning yeah. of the game. I don't know. 
Is there any other games that you've been playing recently? Uh, I played. Well, I played a little bit of Dragon Ball. Um, what else have I been playing? I played a bit of um, Grim Fandango Remastered, actually. But well, I've never heard of that game. Nope, never have I. So shoot. It's uh, how do I explain it? Grim Fandango is a game that came out in, oof, like the nineties, maybe or early two thousands. Uh, it was like, did you ever play point-and-click games, like Monkey Island? Yeah, I've yeah. played point-and-click games. Okay. I've played Monkey Island. Well, it was a bit like that. It was 3D, and it's kind of seen as a bit of a classic. It was made by LucasArts, but they kind of remastered it recently. Um, and it's about this dead guy who is basically uh, kind of like the... Almost like the Grim Reaper, but like when people die, they go to this place, and then he has to find them a package deal to get to this, like this awesome land. So it's basically purgatory that they're in, but he gets all the bad clients who have no money when they die, or credits or whatever it kind of is. And it's kind of the story of him, where he kind of realises that it's all kind of made up. You know, it's like the, the he, he's kind of being screwed over the whole time and all of this, and he kind of travels to this land eventually. I mean, I haven't got that far into it, because I never played it a lot, because when it came out when I was younger, I was quite young. But, um... It it's quite interesting. Quite intri- yeah, it sounds quite intriguing, like, the storyline. Is it, like, an atmospheric game, or is it uh, quite gameplay-driven? Uh, well, it's very much, like, about story. It's, it's like a lot of point-and-clicks, where there isn't that much actual gameplay, apart from puzzle-solving and kind of moving a, moving a character around. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's pretty good. I mean, it's got typical kind of LucasArts humor. Uh, it's quite funny, and it has a lot of kind of references to pop culture at the time I think and stuff like that okay. um, but again I haven't played a lot of that um, I think the only other stuff thing I've been playing recently is, um, is it? the the Metal Gear Solid 5 uh, pre, well what do they call it pro, uh, no prologue? ground yeah. zeros? yeah prologue Yeah. which uh is really good, but I mean, it. I don't know. I don't think you should have to buy it. Oh yeah, I I saw a lot on that. To be honest, it was it's very very short, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and they've priced for kind of. It's not like a triple E price, but it's still pricey for the content that you get, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, what's, I think. What's the name of it? Uh, Metal Gear Solid Five Ground Zeroes. Yeah. Ground Zeroes. It's, it's like 17 quid for a, a... It's not... You couldn't call it a full story, could you? It's essentially no. a game demo. It's, it's well, an hour long, the story, basically. Well, 20, 20 quid is an expansion, and an hour long story is not an expansion. Yeah. I mean, it is, I mean, I think what's funny is, you know, the, the new Final Fantasy game coming out has a... Um, it's, it's, they're they're going to have a demo from that that comes out with the... Uh, release of Final Fantasy Type Zero HD, right? And that demo will be bigger than Metal Gear Solid, basically. You know? That's terrible. And that's free, that demo. Yeah, with... Well, it's not free because. No, it's... you have to buy yeah. the game, but you know, like. Yeah, I understand what you mean. It's kind of crazy. Um, but again, I mean, as a Metal Gear fan, is it good to play? Yeah. Like, it's kind of good to see where they're going with it. Is but... there any replayability in the. Yeah. There, okay. there is. I mean, but again, I mean, I'd... depends what kind of player you are. I've always played Metal Gear for the story, not essentially yeah. like 
trying to collect. I don't know what it is you collect in a maybe. I don't think it's dog tags again, but it's something really like. There's like little things you can like collect and do and all that kind of stuff, but that's not. That's not what entices my, you as a fan. Not of Metal Gear. Yeah. So. Is there anything that you're looking forward to, Nick? Looking forward to. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Not sure about looking forward to. Uh, games for me is a bit uh, like the being released isn't. I'm not looking forward to that much. But I've I've played a few more other than the games I've played uh, already mentioned recently. Played a little indie game called Reassembly. That uh, it's a bit. It's, it's quite a bit of fun actually. I got quite. I got about eight hours out of it. Probably play a bit more. Uh, it was a te- 11 out of 10 game. I made my ship and I thought I was amazing. Star Destroyer came in and killed me instantly. It was great. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Uh, How much does the game cost? Uh, oof, uh, when I bought it, it was about 8 quid. I don't know what it is now. I think it's 11? Okay. Yeah, for, 11. For an 8-hour uh, uh, game with more playability, that's a pretty good price tag. I'd probably play it more, actually. So I might even get my full 11 hours out of it if I work for my pound per hour. But, uh, it sounds better than Metal Gear, anyway. <laughs> you get more hours out of it. Yeah. But is it in early access still, or is it? What reassembly? Yeah. No, uh, I don't think so. Reassembly is not. It was released very recently. Um, okay. Essentially, it's, it's just it's just a little game. Uh, obviously, an indie game. You make a little spaceship, quite in depth, actually. You can make it as big as you want, like. Well, uh, within reason, I guess. But uh, really, really large ships. You can make insane ships. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, make a little your own little fleet. Make your own space stations. Zip off, conquer the galaxy. Get blown up by a Star Destroyer. Nice. <laughs> you know, all the good things. Cool. Uh, is, it, is it single player? Or? Oh, uh, hmm. It's got two elements in it. It's a single player game for the most part. Okay. From what I've seen, I don't know if they plan on adding any kind of co-op functionality or anything like that, but you can, via wormholes, transfer your um, fleet into another player's world. So you save it, and then they can meet you, the fleet you have created in their world. Oh, that's really cool. So I met a custom fleet, and he'd got really far in the game. <laughs> and I hadn't. And I'm like, I'm going to go kill him. kill him. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, uh, he killed me in a singular hit. Okay. One big ass uh, railgun, <laughs> and I died. It was it was good. I enjoyed yeah. it. Played a bit of Magic. Magic 2015. Magic oh. Yep. Oh, I haven't got that. Uh, that had a lot of a lot of negative reviews. I think as a game, it's it's just as good. Like you, in in the sense that it plays it is a magic game. There's, there are, I believe, more card diversity. You can make your own deck, which is a massive one. But they've removed uh, 2v2s and two-headed giant mode. That's really bad as a backward step from what they should have done. Could you do 2v2 in no. the oh, in... 2014? Yes. Yeah, you get, two, you get 2v2 and two-headed giant. I think overall two, uh, 2014 is probably a better game. But the deck customization in 2015 makes it still a competitive game. Mm. In, in that kind of sense. But the lack of game modes is really disappointing. And how long it takes you to get cards. That's quite poor, I think. Other than that, though, I think it's still a good game. I enjoyed it. I still play it, so... Yeah. 
I might think of might think of getting it. I've got I've got the 2014 one. Quite enjoyed that. Good stuff. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to The Witcher Three. I, I completed The Witcher One, and I have to say it's like my favorite. I've I've played a lot of RPGs, and uh, Oblivion was always you know the um, Elder Scrolls Oblivion was always my mm-hmm. favorite. I, I, I played the hell out of that game on Xbox 360. I completed the main story, the DLC. You know, I did all the funky little glitches and all that stuff. It was, it was really, really fun. But um, I played The Witcher 1 after it. I played The Witcher 1 quite late. And um, I just thought it was the most in-depth, great storyline RPG in the world. Like, it was so fun and interesting to play um some parts of the game were really hard for me because i'm you know not that good at video games but like i got a you know i think i paid three pound for the witcher and i got a good 56 hours out of it like it was an incredible game um and then i played the witcher 2 and honestly it didn't really have the same feel to it it was kind of, you know, very graphically intensive, you know. It, the the storyline was good and the characters were in depth, but it, it kind of lost its charm. Um, I, I think much of the charm for me was the fact that it was quite an old RPG, you know, that was very story intensive. Of, and the combat was quite, um, what's it called? <coughs> A parry, you know, um, very parry intensive, so it's more yeah. about blocking and then attacking, where the combat in The Witcher 2 develops into quite, you know, modern RPG, you know, mm-hmm. use abilities and, you know, hack and slash that thing. Um, so I enjoyed The Witcher 1 more than The Witcher 2, which a lot of people disagree with. Um, but The Witcher 3 now, um, I think it's available for pre-order for I think it's £40. But, or maybe even £35, but I'm, I'm definitely going to get this game. I think it looks incredible. It continues um, all the way through, I think even The Witcher 1 to The Witcher 2, it talks about this wild hunt. Like, it's mentioned several times throughout both games. Mm. Um, and now he's, you know, you're essentially, it's all about this wild hunt. And I, I just think it's going to be absolutely incredible. I just hope my PC can play it, because... <laughs> The Witcher 2 was very graphically intensive. Um, yeah. Especially at the time it was released. I think you'd have needed a very, very high-end PC to run it. Um, but I'm seriously looking forward to The Witcher 3. Um, as for games that I've played recently, uh, I've been playing some really stupid... Like, I've played Max Payne 3, and <laughs> that was a lot... I Did think you like I... it? I loved that game so much. I sat here uh, I laughing you know. maniacally. I, you can kill thousands of people, um, and it's so much fun. After not playing yeah, an, an FPS for a while... Have you not is... played the old ones? Um, no, the Max Payne 3 is the first Max Payne 3. Oh, you see, like, if you, like, I highly recommend you play the old ones. They're probably really cheap. Okay. Um, they're... It's the same character, obviously, but yeah. it's like, for me, it was like playing a GTA game, like Max Payne 3, that was kind of funneled, where there's Max Payne 1 and 2 were very, like, very atmospheric, very film noir, and really, like, focusing on his character, and it was, like, very cheesy as well. I mean, I, I mean, I think they try and do that in Max Payne 3 as well. Have you this you really get intense... more cheesy than Max Payne. <laughs> yeah, like, it's the same kind of, like, really cheesy, like, kind of film noir, dark, and, like, yeah. passionate kind of 
I, I do think that the cinematics and, you know, that his commentary all the way through, he makes some incredible references. Yeah. He, he, you know, not even just references, but he'll, like, create metaphors that literally make negative sense. <laughs> but because, because he's saying them in such a seedy and dark way, um, you just laugh your head off. I think genuinely that might... It's, an incredible game. If, if you enjoyed that, you, you've got to play the ones before because they. I mean, they're just they're just really good. I mean, like I was disappointed with the third one because it just felt very different from the you know the the, the ones before. It had a lot of the same humor and stuff, but it just felt to me like I was playing GTA with <laughs> a bit of a reskin with, yeah. with the humor and stuff. But it was a it was originally Remedy that made made the first two who. I think they actually made... Did Remedy make the original GTA as well? I don't know. Maybe not. I don't think so. Um, no. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was you know, it was originally Remedy. I think they did Alan Wake, actually, later on, which didn't do particularly well. But, um, yeah, you really should play the original ones, if you like the third one. And the last game that I've been playing recently is Valkyrie Chronicles, because I'm a, a massive anime nerd, essentially. Um, Valkyrie Chronicles I watched when I was very, well, not very young, but about 14, 15. On my iPod Touch, I watched some guy play Valkyrie Chronicles, and I thought the game looked absolutely incredible. And I finally got it, and the amount of detail they put into the characters, and like, you know, you can get a character that dislikes the race um, of your team, so he'll fight, like, not as well if you put him in your team and things like that. It adds a lot of depth to a game that could have been like a typical, you know, uh, like an XCOM type thing. It's, it's, it's very similar to XCOM, but with a deeper storyline, deeper characters. Like, deeper it's strategy very, as very, well. Yeah. I'd say. I'd, I mean, I played it a while ago, but um, it looks amazing as well. Valkyrie Chronicles. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's absolute. The game's beautiful. Absolutely. Saying that it's an older game because I think it was on PS2 when it was originally released. Mm. Uh, it, the game just looks absolutely gorgeous on the PC, and it. The port, in my opinion, was very, very good. Um, it was a really good part, but I've I've really enjoyed that game. Now actually reminds me of um, Lost Odyssey on Xbox, oh, even though it's yeah. quite different. But that no, game no, I, I understand what you mean. Like the the style, um, the artistic style, and things like that. Yeah. Thanks for everyone joining us, and thanks for Tim and Nick for joining us on the show today. Um, hope you enjoyed the show, uh, and hopefully there's more to come. Thanks. <laughs>